Hey everyone, this is Bob Leahy at Life Church in Chico, California. Welcome to the Midweek Pastors Podcast. This is a way for us to go beyond the sermon through conversation, questions and answers, deep dives into topics, and interviews. Whether it be in your car, at the gym, or hiking in Upper Park, we hope that this podcast really encourages and equips you wherever you're at. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Reyes, and welcome back to another Life Church Pastors podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you, give you something to think about, pray about, and also to answer any questions you may have for one of the pastors on staff here. If you have questions or thoughts or ideas, just let us know what they are. Email us at info at lifechurchchico.org, and we will respond as quickly as we can. So one of the podcasts that we did recently was with Steve Wright, who is the principal at Achieve Charter School, but he is also one of our worship team members and just a part of what we do here at Life Church. So Steve, it's good to have you back. Thanks, Chris. One of the things that I was so intrigued by in our last conversation, Steve, was how at Achieve, you guys instill virtues in your students. And you gave us a little background of how you've done that since I think like 2005. But so I have some questions on that. What, where did the idea come from and how has it grown or shaped your students that you've seen over the years? What has it done for your students? What are some of the things that stand out? Yeah. So we, we started the virtues in 2005 and we've stuck with it ever since. We've made some changes to our list of virtues over the years, but uh-huh. it basically started with this um, something called the Virtues Project. Hmm. There's a website now, thevirtuesproject.com. It has um, probably more of a religious bent to it than we really use at school, so we kind mm-hmm. of use some of their resources. Mm-hmm. We're a public school, but the list of virtues is just kind of those some many of those universal yeah. virtues that everyone would kind of agree on: love, respect, cooperation, mm-hmm. responsibility, self-discipline. Yeah. There's probably thirty of them. Wow! <laughs> and then we've put in some of our own that are not on the list, like grit. You know, like being able to like really stick with something. I like and, that. Yeah. So. What we do, we do some unique things with them. One of the unique things is we start every day with that morning assembly I was telling you about. So it's about Mm -hmm. 10 minutes in the morning, and every single day we talk about a virtue. And usually we pick one virtue for the whole week, talk about the definition early in the week, and then throughout the week have discussions with the students. And it's pretty interactive. You know, some weeks we might have situations where they're kind of helping talk through what would you do in this situation. Mm -hmm. We're studying honesty. How would you be honest? When is it... um, the right time to make sure you're telling the truth. What happens when you're not? And like recently we had, so honesty comes to mind because we were talking about it last week, but we also Ah. talked about the repercussions of not being honest, which Mm. creates a lot of barriers with relationships with other people. It just creates this divide with you and people. Yeah. So that's one of the negative things that they really wouldn't have thought of with honesty. They thought like, you know, honesty is the best policy. You got to tell the truth. And uh, it was interesting at the start of the week, many of them talked about the fact that like when you're not honest, you get that like bad feeling inside. So they're talking about their conscience, conscience, but, um, but giving them some practical things because that might not be enough for every student. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, I, I love telling them stories from my life that, you know, or from my grandparents' life or other mm. bringing in stories about mm. that. And then we honor students for showing the virtue. So then at the oh, end okay. of every week, every teacher picks one student and they get the award on Friday for oh, showing wow. the virtue. So our Friday, award, our Friday 
morning assembly is like an award ceremony That's for great. the students who've been showing the virtues. And then actually our biggest award, um, kind of in our whole school at the end of the year award ceremony, we have, you know, honor roll and principal's honor roll. And, yeah. um, we used to have perfect attendance back before, you know, all the <laughs> days of people just coming on and off campus yeah. all the time. Anyways. Uh, but then the, the big like capstone award is each teacher picks one virtue of the year student from their class wow. and somebody who really like shows a lot of virtues and sets a good example. And the kids are really, really are bought into that. And it's a big, big honor. Of course, the families feel really cool. When, sure. You know, when their student gets that award, they're really proud. So these students really are given that chance to embody it, to personalize it in their own way. They think about, okay, if I live this consistently, I'll be noticed at the end of the week, but at the end of the year, school year, I could also be noticed as well. Yeah, definitely. And even throughout the week, one of my favorite things to do during morning assembly, uh, and we don't do this every week, but maybe every three or four weeks on a Thursday, we'll just do shout outs and the students can give their peers shout outs about who they've noticed showing the virtue that week. Wow. That one's usually really powerful because they have to tell, oh, I saw Billy showing sure. love because he you know, came and hung out with me at recess when nobody was playing with me or, and that, cause they have to tell what the person did to show yeah. the virtue. So that's almost more powerful to, to be acknowledged by one of your peers than it is by anybody else. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Wow. You see, that's what I love about this. You know, my children are all adults now and, and, uh, but it, and in retrospect, that would have been so cool for me as a parent. Cause when we were talking to Lana in one of our earlier podcasts, you know, I didn't go through any training to be a parent. I didn't have to go to classes. I wasn't, when my children were born, the doctor didn't give me a manual that says, here, now follow this manual. This is how you raise children. And this is something that I really wish that I could have now in hindsight would have been uh, just a, a great object to focus on daily, weekly, et cetera. So this has really been a powerful thing for your students and for the school. Yeah, it really has. Wow. Wow. Now, do you find that the students, do they like embrace it right away? Or sometimes I see that sometimes children just not look at it sarcastically, but with a sense of doubt, do, or even like I would have been one of those kids that would have poked fun at uh, one of the, some of the virtues that I thought was like beneath me or silly or whatever. Or are you finding that students like maybe push back at first, but then eventually learn to appreciate the virtue or is there a, an embrace at, at the, at the get go? Oh no, I, I think you're hitting on something that's really key. And then I definitely do see, especially with students that start attending achieve when they're older. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes what happens with students who might be in that situation where they're not really embracing the virtues they probably are having some other type of behavior infraction at school too. Wow. Okay. So the thing that usually really ropes them in is that moment when they are sitting in my office. So you're sitting in the principal's office yeah. and, and those are probably students who've been in the principal's office at other schools. <laughs> and then I always tell them like, here's the deal. This is probably going to be approached differently than what you've seen in the past. Our goal here is that we need to find a way to fix the problem. And that's going to be on you to fix the problem, not mm. on me. Mm. And then I bring the virtues into that discussion there. And then it becomes a proactive thing and they have to start to use it. And then that might be a different virtue. And through those level of conversations, that often is one thing that really 
sucks them in. The other mm-hmm. thing, though, that we already kind of mentioned was the peer aspect. So peer pressure is a really powerful force, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, many of our students have started in kindergarten and worked their way up. So then there's less of that element of, you know, this is a joke or something. or Yeah, not. yeah. And so if you come into fourth grade at Achieve and you're kind of snickering at this, you really quickly realize, like, the rest of your class is not snickering at this. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty powerful, too. Yeah. You know, like that peer recognition, the shout outs we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, I mean, the power of community. And of course, we're talking about children in community at school. But it still means that they are caring for one another. They are aware of each other. They're not just getting in line to go to recess or getting in line to go to lunch. But this causes them to pay attention to how, how their friends are doing or even people they wouldn't necessarily consider a friend. So it makes them very outward looking. Yes. Yeah. And it gives you all that common language. So our teachers also will mostly focus on the same virtue that we were discussing at morning assembly. So mm-hmm. everyone in the whole school is kind of talking about that that week. The other thing that we do that I just love is everybody comes to morning assembly, the whole school. Mm-hmm. So the teachers are there, the aides are there, you know, whoever's serving lunch is in morning assembly. Yeah. So they're having the same conversation. So if they need to talk to a student in the lunch line, they're probably mostly going to call them out on those things that we're studying for the virtue that week. Like, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, are, are you showing awesome. compassion? Because it looks like you just stepped in front of Jimmy in line. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then the kids are getting that common language all the time and they're going, Oh, that's not, I, you know, I'm not showing compassion. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean I was like, maybe I wasn't being mean. Maybe I wasn't even being selfish, but I also wasn't showing compassion. Maybe right. I was just in this element of not thinking outside of myself for right. a minute, you know? Yeah. We talk a lot about that, about how your actions are perceived by others and how your actions affect others. And Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea, hopefully those of you who are listening, the idea is what could you do at home with your children to incorporate something like this? And it's, it doesn't sound like it's that difficult. It's not a, a radical concept. No, that's great. I don't think it would be that difficult. It's interesting. And you brought that up right before we started talking. And at first I was thinking, I, you know, let me think about that. What would we do? But as we've been sitting here talking, I've already thought of a couple ideas that I think would transfer well from our morning mm-hmm. assembly. Um, and one of them is I, I feel like, you know, these ideas of virtues or morals are, are very complex, abstract ideas. Mm-hmm. And we tend to save those more complex, abstract conversations for older students. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. You can start that way younger and they don't get it, but they start getting the language, right? Or they might pick up on a few details. Right. So, for example, in morning assembly every day, I've got kindergarten through fifth grade together, and then I've got sixth through eighth grade together. So, sixth through eighth grade, obviously, those conversations can just go deep. They just go deep from the start. But kindergarten through fifth grade, I can't talk to the kindergartners and break it down for them. I lose everybody else (laughs) except for maybe first grade, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't talk to fifth grade because almost nobody else can follow along. So I kind of target my instruction in that whole group. And it's only about 10 minutes to that fourth or fifth grade, not fourth or fifth, third or fourth grade level. Right. That's where I'm targeting the the question levels. Um, it gives the fifth graders enough to stay engaged, but it lets the younger students start to understand it. Yeah. 
And, you know, you're, you're training them up in, in some things that just help them in the future. Right. So the kindergartners are hearing these complex ideas. They're not completely understanding yeah. them. Yeah. They're starting to feel really great because they get recognized and rewarded. Yeah. There are times that the kindergartners raise their hand and chime in and it actually makes sense, which is great because <laughs> sometimes they just raise their hand and chime in and it's some, you know, yeah. random comment. <laughs> but I think that's something. And, and I have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old at home right now too. So I've been thinking through and practicing all of these mm-hmm. things with my girls. You got to start those conversations so, so young. And I've yeah. learned from um, Amy, my wife, she's really, really good at this with the kids. Like mm-hmm. just it, her philosophy on teaching your kids about moral things or, um, or even really, you know, big complex things that are delicate like mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. You have to start the conversation young, but you have to have a continual long, long-term conversation. Yeah. So that happens over the course of a decade. Mm-hmm. You don't say, hey, let me tell you, you know. Yeah. Let me tell you about the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down for a minute. No, yeah. she's like, that's a decade-long conversation. Right. So I think we miss that with like virtues or moral education sometimes with our kids. Like start them young. They won't understand all of it, but start using the language praise them for the things they do well, they start to make those conversations. Then another thing I would say as a parent and also as an educator, I tell them all the stories of my life. You know, you mentioned that you would have been snickering and laughing at some of those. I would tell them that. I'd be like, hey, I didn't, I didn't do that. Right. Here's where I blew it one time. Here's another time I didn't blow it. Here's Mm -hmm. a time my friend blew it. Here's mm-hmm. the time your uncle blew it. Oh, they love yeah. those, right? Like yeah. my girls love nothing more than my brothers and I get around each other and start <laughs> telling on each other. But like, um, but I tell the students those stories all the time, the, and the good and the bad. Yeah. And we broke down one during honesty last week, and I won't do the whole story here because it's not all that interesting, but we broke down a story of honesty from my childhood where I didn't make the right choice and then also didn't repair it. Wow. So that was pretty vulnerable because, yeah. you know, I'm trying to set an example to them as like a principal and like this is, you know. Yeah. You That's know, powerful, so, man. Yeah, I feel like it was. And especially with your own kids. I mean, be vulnerable. Tell them your mistakes. They need to know that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the, the key point that I really would hope that people are taking from this is that it's not a one and done thing. It takes time. It takes one day, one week, one month. And then even age groups that a fi- uh, you know a five year old is going to think differently than a seven year old than an yeah. eight year old, and sometimes you have to go back and reinforce yes. the virtue or the mm-hmm. discipline for that age group because yeah. they may not get it. So you come in kind of simple, but then when they begin to think more abstractly, you're like, okay, let's talk about this again, which goes back to sacrifices. Parents, if we really want our children to be healthy and grow. It's just going to take investment. Yeah. Transparency, like you said, honesty. Yeah. I would say over time like that. And the other thing that I think could potentially transfer from our morning assembly format is if you're talking to your kids about a topic at home, just stay on that topic for Mm -hmm. a week or two. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's almost every day once we're talking about something that I end up noticing that theme pop up. Mm-hmm. out in the world somewhere. I mean, uh, it could be at a bumper sticker or a TV show or whatever, because it's sort of like the, you know, when you're shopping for a new car, yeah. and you now see that exact model <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. That same thing happens when you're talking about these topics. So, you know, you're talking about love, like stay on love for a couple of weeks with your kids. Yeah. Talk about cooperation, stay on that. And then you'll see examples. They'll start to see examples. The conversation gets richer after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. 
you know, these conversations are so important, especially because our children these days struggle with things that I never, I mean, I'm 63, I would have never thought that at the age that some of our children are facing these hard, difficult, complex topics that I would have been able to comprehend it when I was that age. And so we're trying more than any, anything, especially the theme of these podcasts, is helping us uh, parent our children uh, better, more godly, giving them a biblical worldview. In your opinion, we'll kind of close on this. What, in your opinion, and I know it's a broad question, but maybe you can help me zero in on some specifics, is what are the children, and again, let's say mostly, you know, maybe first grade through eighth grade, like um, even kindergarten, what is their biggest struggle when it comes to self-value or self-worth? What, what are the biggest obstacles for a kid to feel good about himself or to say, you know, what's my purpose? What, what are they struggling with these days and how can we help them? Uh, that's a good question. I would say K-5, so we're talking up to about 11 years old. It looks, and this is just from my limited experience at our one school site, um, and talking to some other educators, of course, but it looks probably very similar to what we would have experienced, you know, mm-hmm. self-doubts and not knowing whether you're capable in just and not knowing, you know, sometimes being afraid to take risks. Yeah. I mean, very young students tend to go the other direction, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. There's another piece of this that definitely affects kids this age, which is that even younger students have a lot more anxiety in the past beca- than they did in the past because there are just more unknowns in the world and there's right. been some instability over the last few years. Right. So that's created a different level of anxiety. Kids are just, it's just more of sort of a fear of the unknown. Right. And maybe yeah. in other parts of history, people would have experienced that more. I didn't grow up during a time of an active war that was yeah. close to home or something. Yeah. Right. So that's probably a common experience in humanity that I just didn't experience. Um, and then once you're talking middle school through high school and middle schools around here, are, you know, I think all sixth through eighth grade, but definitely this really is a seventh through like high school issue is um, identity is just huge right now. It's the hot topic of conversation. Students are certainly talking about it frequently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not just gender or sexual identity. We've tried to kind of broaden that conversation on our campus to include all different types of identity. Mm -hmm. I tried to kind of break it down a little bit so parents can understand it. I remember experiences I had in middle school, like I'm going to go shopping for a new baseball cap. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and pick one that I think I really like that is also cool that I'm going to get great feedback from at school Yeah, because I'm considering making this new style of hat part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was doing in middle school. It wasn't just, I thought this article of clothing was good, but I was like, this is going to be, maybe that's going to be my look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the current trends with identity students are still addressing in that same manner, but they are things that are probably have a lot more weight to them than like a a hat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that identity thing is, is, it's just something that they're frequently talking about. It's around them all the time. It, um, it can be confusing to navigate at times. Right. It can sometimes make, you know, maybe you end up with a divide between you and your parents Mm -hmm. around that maybe philosophically or maybe even morally or, you know, religious divide or whatever. Yeah. So those are, that's a, that's a thing that our students are dealing with. Yeah. Frequently. Wow. That's so crucial. I'm so glad I asked you that question because I think a lot of our parents 
are just caught off guard. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, for, for us, younger would have been a baseball cap. Now it's like, no, it's a, what kind of phone? What kind of, you know, is that an iPhone or an Android? You know, that, that's yeah. a big price difference in a baseball yeah, cap. totally. And so what, what will my co-students notice about me? What I'm, if I have a flip phone or if I have a smartphone or whatever it is, but, um, you know, just talking with you is a great resource, Steve. And I know that if anybody here at Life Church had questions about their children or challenges, I, I know that they could approach you and, and ask you. And oh I mean, yeah, you, as you, long as you don't think I have the answers, but I'm totally willing to <laughs> brainstorm and talk. Yeah. Well, but that's <laughs> the key. Is I don't think, I don't think anybody has all the answers. I think we together as a community that we all face it together and say, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? Well, how are you handling it? Uh, because you're right, our children have faced so much, especially locally, whether it's a campfire, whether it was the pandemic, whether it was school shootings, or whatever it is, they're, they're facing a time of tremendous uncertainty. Yeah. And now, more than ever, the body of Christ is that resource of just being together and hanging out together and not necessarily, you know, we don't expect you to have all the answers, yeah. Principal Steve, but... We appreciate the answers that you've given us today, and this is just priceless to me. So, so thanks for coming in again and just talking with us. I think it's going to be really helpful. Thanks. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. if I could leave parents with one thing, I would just say just talk to your kids and keep that conversation open. Yes. I tell parents that all the time, especially when they're dealing with hard conversations. If your kid is still talking to you, you're winning. Yeah, you got awesome. it. That's it. Like That's what they need. So Okay, so that's our bumper sticker. There's our T-shirt. If your kids are still talking to you, you're winning. For sure. All right. Okay. Well, hey, again, if we've blessed you, if we've created questions in your mind, listeners, just go ahead, send us an email. We'd love to respond. Have a great week. Peace out. Thank you for giving us a listen to this week. If there's anything that you'd like to hear on this podcast in the future, if you have questions, or if you'd like to hear us interview someone, please send us an email at info at lifechurchchico.org. Have a blessed week.